sauces and it is in government conspiracies. But I've seen none of the above. If I did, I think I probably would run a million miles. Lose my little mind. Welcome along to X Files Talk X Files. The only podcast where the sight of someone wiping away a spot of barbecue sauce from someone else's mouth is guaranteed to incite a chorus of emotional gushing. <laughs> I'm your host, David Harwood, and joining me tonight, I have three uh, co-hosts from xfilesnews.com. I have Avi Kihara. Hi, Hi, Avi. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing well. I have Tiffany Duval. Hi. Back for more punishment. And <laughs> joining me for the first time tonight, I have Riley Olson. Hi, Riley. Hello. Thank you. Thank you all for being here so much. So tonight, uh, we're going to go on to the next seven episodes in season two of The X-Files. We're going to do Firewalker through Fresh Bones. So let's go straight in there with Firewalker. And Tiffany, I think you wanted to kick this one off. <laughs> Firewalker. Um... You know, aside from the whole, it's so funny, every time I think about Firewalker, the first thing I think of is the fact that it's really the first episode, the first case since Scully returns back to the X-Files since One Breath. Um, and then every now and then I'll have fans go, oh, but isn't it that, isn't that the penis episode, you know, where the things come out of people's necks? And it almost, it almost ruins it for me until I go back and rewatch it. And it's just like, there's just so much... I don't know. I mean, like, it's so good. Everything, they're concerned for each other. Like, they speak very softly to each other throughout the episode. Um, she disagrees with him, but not in, like, a, a normal kind of scully way. I mean, at one point, she actually agrees with him in the episode. Towards the end, she tells him, uh, when you know, they're talking about silicone-based life forms, she actually agrees at one point that, oh, well, maybe, I guess maybe it could be. I mean, you're watching it going, wait, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? There's so much that that's just great about it because it's di they're different to each other. You know, the events that happened uh, with the three-parter with her being taken and then coming back, it's just, it's softer. It's, um, it's a really interesting dynamic to watch them play after seeing them, you know, kind of up to that point. So I could go on and on and on, but I'm going <laughs> to let Avi and Roy jump in too. It also reminds me of Ice which is yes. funny because it's Firewalker. But, you know, it, it's, for me, it's the same mood in terms of how it's revisiting the way that they act in ex extraneous circumstances where, you know, there's not only the, you know, the biological threat, but also, you know, that paranoia being pushed to the limit on, you know, outside of, you know, the normal society kind of thing. There's a little bit of a shift in terms of the, the dynamics, though, because I've heard that as well, people saying about Ice and Darkness Falls and Firewalk are all very, very similar. But with Ice, they all went there together and they all went crazy together. In this one, Mulder and Scully go in and everyone's already crazy from the off. Yeah. yeah. And, he does, and he doesn't like that she's there. I mean, he doesn't want her to go to begin with. She tells him that they have to get past the things that have happened to her. And then when she is there, he's not really thrilled about her kind of, you know, being off investigating. And, you know, he goes off to find Trepkos and she wants to go with him and he refuses to let her come with him. So it's just, um, I don't know, it's, it's such a cool play between the two of them that didn't happen before in I mean in ice obviously they were to, there together and investigating together and firewalker he's very much trying to hold her back um just it could be because he's worried from like a science perspective because like science is my thing I'll point out that the whole like silicon based organism um is actually like a really cool like scientific concept um and I'll I'll throw down like some extra scientific knowledge but um like carbon has like four valence electrons uh in like its outer shell which is why it can bond to so many different things and silicon is like the next kind of level up from that it also has that which is why people theorize that it would make a really good um kind of substitute for carbon probably not on light on earth because you know we're you have so much carbon but on other planets um so it is pretty cool but um if it were to exist anywhere like a volcano would be a pretty 
good place for it because it's such a harsh area. So now you all know. <laughs> See, this is why this is why we bring her places right here. <laughs> but it is really Lauren cool. drops and, the knowledge. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> One day we'll probably find like silicon-based organisms, maybe not on Earth, but um, it will be really cool. And then we'll get to say that like Mulder and Scully did it first because they always did. Scully is like a badass and she locks, you know, throws that woman into a room and with the handcuffs on and manages yeah. to save herself. Um, and then that's where you see like some of Mulder's um, kind of like concern. Like he's like, he comes up to her and he's like really gentle and sweet and he like kind of cups her face and it's adorable. Um, <laughs> it but is. you really see like, how her abduction like impacted him and um well we're all frank spotnitz fans um but he talked about how he thought Mulder started to develop feelings for scully even if he didn't know it like very early on i think that's a good um little insight into that theory so yeah i think so, I think so too and he's touching her throughout the episode when they're getting out of the helicopter in the beginning he you know he's grabbing her hand very gingerly um, when she's arguing with him to, because she wants to go with him to find Trepko's, he puts his hand on her shoulder. He's like, no, you have to stay here to keep the rest of us alive. I mean, he's constantly in her space and throughout the episode kind of physically touching to make sure that it's almost like she's still there. Um, mm. So it's it, those little subtle things that kind of weave their way throughout Firewalker that, you know, and people are like, oh, it's the penis episode. I'm like, okay, let me let me just stop you right there. Well, maybe there's a reason for all the phallic uh, symbolism. Could be. Maybe. <laughs> Moving on to the next episode tonight, Red Museum. And uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and I got the impression that none of you are that fond of this episode, which surprised me. It's kind of odd in that, like, it's kind of like a mythology episode because it it's, deals with yeah. birth control, but it's like really not that much of a mythology episode. It's yeah. like it's like a monster of the week that they're like, let's throw in a little mythology, like just for fun this week, guys. Yeah, uh, I just I just love how they. I mean, not that I'm so gung ho on it, but like, I just love how they satanize the vegetarians, just like so really <laughs> happy, you know, and like. You know, okay, fine, they don't eat beef. And it's all, like, has all these kind of cute, kind of endearing scenes, like whenever they're eating ribs, just like you mentioned (laughs) in the intro of the show. Um, And I agree, it it just feels like it's a monster of the week, and then it has kind of, like, that throwaway at the end where you're like, oh, okay, so this is actually related (laughs) to Deep Throat and and purity control and and, and all that stuff. But I feel like this is the the beginning of when they started to figure out how they intertwine the mythology, you know, dispersed in all these episodes without having to actually go into our mythology episode which is a narrative yeah. uh way to go in things that they refined very much when you know they got into the later seasons that having said that this is a very kind of wonky way to start that up yeah and mm-hmm. I, and, and actually when i was reviewing the the episode to be here today i was like this episode is just like all over the place like i i wouldn't have pegged it for a very good episode back in the day and even today it's kind of yeah i mean it started with a good premise the whole idea of injecting you know cattle with hormones and and people are like oh what kind of health effects is that going to have in real life and then of course for the x-files to grab it and say oh well they're not injecting the cattle with hormones they're injecting them with purity control and all the people eating the beef and drinking the milk or have like alien you know dna and, um it, it it's it was a good concept in theory it just i don't know it didn't it wasn't the strongest episode for me i mean when i see red museum and i think barbecue sauce on her face that's really yeah. the very first thing that comes to mind it's Probably not, you know, a favorite mythology episode, but I mean, for me watching it the first time, you know, it starts off with these, you know, the kids that have been kidnapped or don't know what's happened to them. And they have the she is one, the he is one written on them. And you, you know, it, it's a clear cut monster of the week kind of episode. And then it shifts off way and you have all these mythology elements coming into it, which they haven't done in any other episode. It's the only one that really does that. Mm-hmm. You have, a, you know, especially later on in the show, it's very clear cut. You have the mythology two and three parters. Occasionally there'll be a, a one-off one in there somewhere. Um, but in these early seasons, there's a lot of intertwining of the monster of the week and of the mythology. I mean, in, in Fresh Bones, which we're going to talk about, 
about a little later on. You have X popping up there for one scene for nothing even remotely related to the mythology. And uh, Red Museum, I think it plays with it in a nice kind of way, maybe not the most sophisticated kind of way. But the episode is just so interesting to me. There's just, it's so dense. There's so much stuff going on there. You have the kids being kidnapped. What's going on with that? You have something weird being injected into these cows. You have the crew cut man who who killed Deep Throat coming back in it. You have a plane crash with this doctor and the briefcase of money. You have this, the Red Museum Church that the episode is named after. Uh, There is just so many different elements at play then. I just think it's dense and in a good way rather than a confused way and I just think there's there's a lot of stuff going on there in that episode and I think it's maybe an early sign of the kind of interesting standalones that we can expect from Chris Carter down the road. I feel like if maybe I think maybe part of my problem with the episode too is that uh you know you have the crew cap man and you know of course Mulder's like oh you know I, I want him alive and uh, and then suddenly it's it's almost like anticlimactic in a way because then one of the kid's parents kills him. So then it's kind of like you've, you've built up to, and the crew cut guy killed Deep Throat and all this stuff is happening and then that's it. He's dead and now, sorry, we're going on with Excelsius Day. So I wonder if maybe he had not been killed at the end and maybe it would have, I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's okay. You're allowed to like the episode, David. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to stick my flag in the ground like I did a couple of episodes ago with Shapes and say, this is a good episode. (laughs) You did. You did that with Shapes and we were like, oh, okay. Screw majority opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Go back and watch the end of Red Museum when all of those people are huddled in the church at the end. Uh-huh. Because there's an actress in the extras, and I swear it is, um, I forget it, what her character's name is, but she's one of the women at Betsy Hargopian's house. Um, yes. Yeah. No. She. Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. She. It's her. About. It is her. Oh, it is her. It is her. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I just you're suddenly not, remembered you're that. Not delusional. <laughs> yeah. No. I saw it earlier, and I was like, "Oh, that chick was." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And X-Files did that a lot. They would kind of recycle actors like that. But not always, like, right in front of the camera. But in this case, this was someone that was very easily recognizable. Well, just the fact, I think, that she was an extra in that scene. And and then she was more prominent later on. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Well, if Darius Michaud can come back three times, (laughs) then I suppose anyone can. Apparently, you know, Cancer Man's coming back, so... Anything I have like this image of how Smokey Man's coming back and he's like a smoldering pile of ash with like little googly eyes that's like smoking a cigarette. <laughs> um, and that's like basically how I picture the return of Cigarette Smoking Man. Is it going to be a crossover with the Muppets revival? Um, oh God. Maybe. Um, I'm not sure Chris has decided yet. You know, he's still putting out some feelers. See how it goes. This sounds like the Darren Morgan episode to me. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I need I need it to be done so well. I just I need Frank <sighs> Spotnitz to come in and like lay down that. I need him to come and protect my Mulder and Skelly. <laughs> he needs well, to, we've like, joked punch. about we've joked we've joked that Chris needs to like take a day off and like <laughs> Frank comes in and like that's the day they film the sex scene with Mulder and Scully. <laughs> Like, Chris is, like, off running errands, and Frank's like, I'll just come down and supervise this day. Um, obviously <laughs> not going to happen, but... DVD, so it'll yeah. Be well, he'll he'll put it, it in a vault and release it ten years from now, please. Yeah. Okay, Excelsis Day. Who wants to uh, start running off with this one? I think of old people in Viagra, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the first two. Hi. Old people on shrooms. I'll be honest, the story still doesn't make complete sense to me in terms of what's going no, on there. No, it doesn't, yeah. You know, you have that scene where, you know, apart from, if it wasn't for that scene where all those ghosts come out of the old lady's room and uh, they surround Scully, if it wasn't for that, the story would kind of make a bit more sense for me, but that bit kind of just is bizarre. I know. It kind of made sense if it was just the old guys on shrooms. But <laughs> then it was the old guys and shrooms and ghosts, and then I was like, wait. I'm not particularly fond of episodes, and I know that this goes against 
later episodes, but I'm not particularly fond of episodes and uh-uh. on the X-Files whenever they, they bring in ghosts because it kind of feels like it's something from the point of view of the characters. It's kind of odd because... Yeah. Um, Okay, we are not dealing with that. if you if if this was if this were medium mm-hmm. or ghost whisper or something where mm-hmm. yes. these people have the ability to yeah. actually see ghosts mm-hmm. and we're looking through their eyes, I'm seeing okay, fine, <laughs> I will I will marry with this thing. But either Mulder or Scully have that that ability as you yeah. know as part of their DNA. So it sometimes. You know, it took me out because I was struggling to justify the fact that they all of a sudden can allow themselves to fa- to fall for those. And and yeah. Excelsis, they even though they're not particularly the ones that are seeing it, the whole story is being told from the point of view of Mulder and Scully, and then all of a sudden we're seeing what the old lady is seeing, and that's what actually makes yeah. it kind of comical the the thing with the x-files that makes it scary is that you don't see it so to show yeah. it's like what abby's touching on to show the ghost to show the monster to put it in the light is the opposite of what for the most part chris carter is achieving when you get into the x-files and you start showing all of this stuff it starts to take you out of what you perceive as the reality of it um, so, and that was definitely happening in Excelsius Day, and definitely not understanding what perspective you're supposed to kind of be looking at this in. Yeah. Shout out to the old lady who is actually actress uh, Frances Bay, who is yet another Twin Peaks alum. I also want to give a quick shout out to um, the other actress in this episode, um, Terrell Rothery, who is the nurse who uh, gets raped at the beginning of the episode. I thought that she gave quite a good performance better than i remembered it and i don't really want to get into this topic a whole whole lot but it's the first time where this is a habit with x-files is that the whenever somebody is raped it's never really treated as a much of a big deal and this is one episode here and you know scully is obviously sympathetic to it but nobody else seems to really care and that whole storyline gets forgotten once the ghosts appear and it's something that gets repeated, perhaps most pronouncedly, with the postmodern Prometheus. And uh, it's just an ugly little blot on X-Files record. Okay, Aubrey, it's the first time that we meet Mr. Terry O'Quinn. Yeah, it is. The man of many faces and the receding hairline that <laughs> won't quit. <laughs> I feel like maybe he's just like been a super soldier all this time. I think so too. That's <laughs> like he's just probably true. That's that's I, my theory. He's I just, can get behind yeah. this, yeah. And then he goes to an island <laughs> and he gets lost there, and it's really all intertwined somehow that we haven't like quite figured right. out. But yeah, I was gonna say, lost fans, we had him first. Yeah, he's ours. <laughs> yes. get to, we we get to claim him three times over. So yeah, <laughs> but Skelly gets to be all like magical, like that's girl it. powers. That's it. That's Aubrey. <laughs> No, no. She she like uses her magical like girl senses with like BJ. And I love that Mulder has always been intrigued by women named BJ. Um but she like whips that out that like BJ's pregnant and it's I don't know. You never really see a lot of that like this is like a minor plot detail, but you never see like a lot of that little like skelly like girl senses. I don't even know what to call it because, like, I don't have it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, she, she does it in, like, the Jersey Devil where she, like, talks about, like, her with whoever that, like, oh, yeah, I thought you said he was cute. You know, he's a jerk. Well, you know, he's a cute jerk, but whatever. Um, you know, like, you don't see, like, a lot of that little, like, side of Scully. So you always see her as this, like, intelligent investigator, like, science. So it's, like, an interesting little thing. Um, and then it touches on the whole... Well, in its own way, the whole kind of, like, nature versus nurture thing in, like, a really extreme format. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, that's still, like, an issue that's, like, talked about today. Like, what, you know, with studies on twins and things like that. I mean, I don't think any of them have inherited being serial killers. But, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out one day. <laughs> I feel like this episode, it's like, you know, I, I mean, to this, to this point, I've... 
in the season, I've already seen a lot of things that are kind of daunting, but I thought that this episode would how she gets, you know, gradually more decomposed into her own, you know, paranoia or whatever it is that it's acting out on her be- uh-huh. and triggered by yeah. her pregnancy and all of that. I felt that the way that they played that the composition of her persona was for me one of the scariest part of it all because it not only was like a makeup thing that it was like completely yeah. disgusting mm-hmm. it was just also the fact that you know the whole all the details surrounding what they did to each other through generations it was really really disgusting to you know it, it shocks you as, you know, as what you're used to hearing about families, about what are taboos and what are not. And it, it completely threw out the window all those, you know, it shouldn't be that way, quote unquote, things that we have embedded in our heads as, as to like how, you know, you should behave or you should be here. Like all those like rose tinted visions of, you know, oh, well, because you're family, you'll never hurt each other. Well, no, it kind of doesn't work that way with, you know, human nature. So that, for me, was more scary than, you know, the whole science of it all. The psychological part of it was pretty daunting for me. The episode deals with an idea which is really interesting, intriguing to me, of, you know, repressed memories and... I guess it kind of relates a little bit to some of the reincarnation episodes that mm-hmm. go on, but I know the episode is somehow lacking to me, and I remember this one as being one that I couldn't really remember a whole lot of details about, but I remembered it being a really good one, and then I went back and watched it this week, and it didn't live up to my memory of it, and... I don't have a whole lot to say about it. And then I think it's a really neat idea. I would just like to have seen them go a bit further with it, perhaps. You know what it is? I think that by the time that we actually saw this episode the first time back in the day, we weren't so jaded. Because I I agree with you that I go back and it kind of gets diluted in the whole thing of the affair and the whole thing of, you know her being part of the police and then like kind of acting out and not really being consistent to you know her psyche as a person that lived through her whole life without having encountered the situation in her life uh mandating over her most basic reactions as she's getting triggered by biology but um i feel like back in the day we hadn't had the experience of you know having to live through very public and very spread out um, the composition of society as it is right now. So I think that's at play, at least for me, it's at play. But yeah, it's their own. They did bring in some like <laughs> cool, gen- um, like CSI kind of ish stuff for like the time with like the reconstruction of like what was sketched into like the um, into the chest, like the cuts on like the ribs and stuff like that. Um, like for its time, mm-hmm. that was like you know, oh, Gil Grissom yeah. did that like a decade later. But like they used their like two gigabyte hard drive. <laughs> That's probably not even. It's probably like five hundred megabytes <laughs> at most. Like I don't even know. Um, and that was like cool for its time. I mean, these days, you know, they do a lot more. But that was like a cool little insert that they yeah. put in there. Yeah, my wife and I were watching the episode together, and. Um, Seeing that scene there where they're trying to figure out what's carved in the in the skeleton's chest, it just reminded both of us of this game on the iPad that my kids had. <laughs> what letter is this? <laughs> so maybe maybe that took me out of the episode a little bit as well. <laughs> all right, irresistible. I know you have all been wanting to talk about this, uh-huh. so I'm I'm just gonna sit back and let the dominant person jump in. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> it's not you. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll jump in. Because let me tell you, this, I have, okay, who doesn't know that's watched the X-Files say girly girl because of Irresistible? I mean, we texted to each other, we'd say, we're like, okay, yeah. girly girl, see you later. You know, like, all the time, all the time. I never, ever used that phrase, ever, before this episode, ever. And I use it, I've used it all the time ever since. 
So I'm probably there's making that. a leap right and then, now in my head know. that I use it because of that, just now that you mentioned it. But I never rationalize it that way. Mm-hmm. But you're, yeah, you're pretty it's, right. It's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go like full on. Roy Lee's gonna have to like stop me and make sense of it. <laughs> I love this episode so much that literally when I was writing notes for these episodes of what we we're gonna talk about. I wrote irresistible and then I put in capital letters Z O M G all the things because it, it's, <laughs> I can't even speak because they're all just jumbled in my head and trying to come out at one time. Um, yeah, Roy, do you want to jump in um, and talk about irresistible? Well, I know a lot of people go with like home as like the go-to like grossest, most you know reviling episode, but Donnie Faster, like mm-hmm. if I met you know, that actor, if in, like, public, I would be, like, physically creeped out. Like, the hair on the back of my neck would stand oh, yeah. up. I would be, I would be, like, frightened. I wouldn't be very, very uncomfortable. Like, yeah. he, he played it so well, too. Like, yeah. oh, my God, Donnie Faster is an amazing villain in this episode. And, to like, Mulder, you know, spent his time, like, studying, like, the you know, most disgusting cases before he, he joined the X-Files. Um, but, like, Scully has a hard time with it, which, like, you've never really mm-hmm. seen before because, like, Dana Scully, like, sh- she has no emotions. She will not show you any of those emotions <laughs> if yeah. she had them, you know. She just, like, and she can't, like, shut it out. And you they use, like, death fetishes because I think, like, Fox was like, yes. you can't use the word necrophilia. <laughs> um and it's just, it's so, like, disgusting. And it's not really, I mean, later on, they kind of bring the whole, like, concept of, like, more evil and stuff into it. And, like, but, like, really, I think it's scarier because, like, it's a very, like, human crime. Like, human. It's, not, yeah. it's not, like, paranormal. There's this guy yeah. that, you know, is, like, turned on by corpses, which is disgusting. And then he starts, like, taking it to the next level and he, like, cuts things off of them and I don't know puts them in his freezer and who knows what like it's just when the cold bath water too like just everything about it it's just like his apartment is cold he has funeral flowers in his bedroom he runs cold baths for them but still puts bubbles in it and has candles and you're just like oh my god dude what is your deal and the whole paranormal aspect can leave it I don't even when I see it and I, I watch that part of it, I try to ignore it because it like yeah. you said, it's so much scarier if he's just a guy. Yeah. You know, it's it's and that actor plays it so well that to I mean, to this day, and it's been all these years later, that episode still creeps me out. Yeah. And it's, you know, with with the X Files, of course, you know, some of it can get very dated as you go back and watch certain episodes. That is an episode that I could see probably twenty years from now and it would still creep me out. Yeah. He is one of the best too, villains of the series. I feel too that it's. I mean, they could they they could have had the choice to not make it personal and not get Scully involved with the whole case. Um, granted, putting Scully in the place where like she becomes a victim obviously raises the stakes. But and, and looking towards you know having Orison play in season seven, I feel. Now that you're saying all these things and how traumatizing it was, not only for the people that actually died because of him, but also to Scully, I wonder if it wasn't a missed opportunity to actually play with whichever PTSD could have come out of that experience on Scully. Yes. Because, yeah, okay, she yes. is fine, she, she is, okay, top and all this stuff, but she, it obviously... Uh, yeah. I would not be fine it, it, after that. It, it, I wish it, it, it made had a dent done that. On, yeah, yeah. It, it it did make a dent on her. And sometimes there were like a, a few missed opportunities with things that they put at play with her character. That I don't know, maybe referencing yeah. back or having a moment or that I've seen. You know, it's not so much foreshadowing, but like you know, planting those seeds so that whenever we landed on season seven with Orison, it would have yes. been. Fuck, it's, you know, it's just yeah, so much. it would have been you know? much. And with, with Irresistible, the, it's really the first time that she, you know, she's, it's like Roy mentioned, she's tough, she's no nonsense, she, you know, does the science, and she follows her gut and all of these things, and it's really the first time that we see her fall apart. Um, and, you know, so in the end, 
Yeah, she's, you know, he lifts her face because she won't look at him. Of course, after Donnie Faster's tackled her down the stairs and then, you know, Mulder breaks in and, and they, you know, pull him off of her. When he untie you know, her wrists are bound. So he's get, getting her wrists untied and everything. And she won't even look at him. And so he's trying to kind of assess that she's okay. And she's trying to hold it in and trying to hold it in, trying to act like she's fine. And then she falls apart. Um, and that's the first time you've seen her do this. And the first time she's kind of... Well, not the first time she's, you know, run into his arms. Obviously, that happened in the pilot. Uh, but the, the first time that it felt kind of, um, you really felt it being more than just, uh, oh, I'm I'm scared about something. I mean, th- this really cut her deep. I mean, this whole case had terrified her the entire time. And it, like Abby said, it's it, it really is a wasted opportunity that they didn't, follow that in later episodes and have her experience some anxiety and PTSD symptoms. I mean, you never, that happens and then you never get it again. And then the next episodes after this really are episodes where that could have played in majorly. Especially because she she goes and goes to therapy about, you know, trust issues and all this stuff. And coming back to that, even though she kind of, maybe meddles into like having had rough experiences in the past is not like, Oh, this is why this is why it happened. Yeah. Yeah. This really could have, I I never even thought about that until Abby mentioned it just now that it would have been amazing to have seen it kind of weave its way into other episodes, even, even the next two or three coming right up after this. Yeah. Well, they never really like to do a lot of that like stuff to like really drag out the personal things. Like, yeah, you know, like, like this is like a terrible example, but like after William like takes a little trip away. Oh my god, <laughs> we don't want to go there yet. We don't want to go there yet. It's like they they're yeah. like, let's just ignore the serious emotional trauma we've all suffered and move on. <laughs> like, and let's go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, I can't even. <laughs> The thought of Sunshine Days coming after that makes me so angry. Just let it go. We're just, we'll let get it go. to this. It's all right. Just take a breath. We'll get to it later. All right. Final word on Irresistible. I just want to say that, um, you know, this is, I think, the only episode of X-Files where there, other than Scully's vision when she's kidnapped, there's not really a paranormal element to it. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Chris Carter's saying this is one of his major influences for him developing Millennium. Uh, his second TV show, um, but I I think you know watching the show, I always always thought it'd be really really interesting if there was an episode where there was something weird going on and Mulder was jumping to his usual conclusions, but it actually actually turned out to be something completely normal and Scully was right for once. But <laughs> they never ever did that episode, and I guess this is the closest we ever got to it. Okay, so die hand die verlet. And I apologize to any German speakers out there. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> please, please don't um, sacrifice me. <laughs> so, um, I'm not going to repeat the episode title. In this episode, um, it deals with a very um, dark comedic take on uh, the whole fear of the occult and that kids are being brainwashed by uh, by rock music and all of that sort of mm-hmm. stuff um, obviously the last episode written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong the first episode directed by Kim Manners who went on to direct a ton of other wonderful X-Files episodes yes. and that the guy who plays the sheriff in this episode plays his namesake Detective Manners in Jose Chung's From Outer Space the ending really is my the ending really is my favorite part honestly you know you have like the the teacher and she's you know writing the you know that they'll meet again or whatever yeah goodbye on the board and then they're being obviously uh kind of like kidnapped and dragged through the gymnasium to the showers and then they're gonna get like stabbed to death and the guy has the shotgun and you know they're kind of like have their hands tied behind their back and and what does Mulder do when the guy like puts the gun up to his mouth? He rolls over on top of Scully. Yeah. And it's wet in the shower. <laughs> We're anyway. all yeah, I'm sorry, girls. David. Yeah. You literally are talking to three shippers at the same time. Uh. It's really this is what 
these are the things we remember about certain episodes. Well, this scene actually has one this scene. This episode has one of my favorite like shots of the whole series when they walk down that hallway with those flashlights to the door. Yes. Oh my god. It's, it's in like all a the fan videos. Yes. It's a perfect like um, kind of like little it encapsulates like Mulder and Scully and like the search for the truth. I, it's Chris yes. Carter's quote. He said, um, people always used to tell me that the X-Files was a dark show, but I never saw it that way. I always thought that Mulder and Scully were the light in dark places. And it's literally that scene that comes yes. to mind every time. And it's just and a beautiful scene. Yes. They bounce off and across from each other as they're yeah, approaching the door. And they make the an X, yes. Yeah, they and it makes an make X an towards X. the end of the hallway. Yeah. yeah. This scene in particular, though, it's in, it, it's, I don't know how much you watch fan vids, David. Um, we watch and, re- we you can know, of course, you. put them on X event all the time, yeah. Um, but it's literally one of those shots that's in almost every one, at least in, in a lot of the good ones, that it'll have this shot in it somewhere. It, and is this the first time that we've really seen a shot like that with those huge flashlights and those, you know, really proper beams in the dark? Because it's the sort of image which is iconic throughout X-Files. And I'm wondering how many, how many times do we have a scene, have a shot like that? You know, is this really... Yeah, you get them with smaller flashlights in um, either Squeeze or Tombs. One of yeah, them. Which no, when they come into ever... his apartment. Like, what's yeah. in the credits? Yeah. Yes, yeah, the scene that's in the credits. But the larger flashlights, uh, I don't know if they actually came before this. This may be the beginning of the, well. I think it might be. No, they had them in Firewalker. Yeah. Um, well, I, there may have been before. I'm, I'm sure it may have been a couple episodes before this. But this one in particular is really the first one I remember where it's the two of them walking together at the same time, at the same pace, Um in kind of the same direction and these flashlights cross the beams crossing each other. This Maybe is the first time it, I do remember it them might in that. have to do a lot with the fact that Kim Manor directed this, you know? Yeah. Cause Kim yes. Manor's is awesome. Yeah. You see it again in gosh, the other iconic shot of Apocrypha? those or when, in the, yes. In, yeah. When they're in the just, missile silo. Yeah. When they yeah. look up and they the beams like cross and they hit the yes. camera and it like flares and then they yep. uncross. It's beautiful. Yeah. The pre-JJ Abrams lens flare. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <That>. Non-artificial. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Fringe. X-Files had it first. So I think the only JJ Abrams show that we've got to take down tonight is Alias now. So if somebody can come up with a reference before the end well, of the show, that'd be great. Well, you know, Alias, <laughs> the the... The, I, don't, I, I only made it to, like, episode two. Um, well, actually, like, basically season five of Alias follows, like, season eight of the X-Files, basically. Like, okay. um, <laughs> she gets pregnant and, like, the father is, like, killed. And then she's, like, sad and pregnant and alone. And then, all like, surprise, she's <laughs> alive. I, I've just found a thought of another reference and I can't believe I didn't think of it earlier, but sorry, Alias fans, we had Terry O'Queen first. That's yeah, true. there you go. There oh, you go. this is true. This is true. All right, and I'm just going to throw in a quick trivia question here for you because I know how much you all love those. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the guy who plays the sheriff in this episode, who I say was also in uh, Jose Chung's From Outer Space, he was also in two other X-Files episodes. Do you know what those are? The guy that plays the sheriff. I have no idea at all. <laughs> I need to like see his face. Is the yeah. problem? Uh, well, that is it. I saw his um, face and I just recognized him immediately. And I had to look up let me, where I let's had see. seen him. I'm like queuing up Netflix right now. Huh. I have what? screen caps open. Uh... <laughs> he was another sheriff. So obviously he was the sheriff in this episode. He was Detective Manners in From Out of Space. He was also the sheriff in, uh, is it Chinga? The doll Chinga. episode? Yeah. Uh... Oh, I'm picturing him now too. Yeah. yeah he was also in um, Unrequited Season 4. But uh... I, can't, I can't picture him in that. I mean, I know the episode. I just can't picture who he was. But... Uh... There you go. Moving on from the theme of recurring actors in different roles and different TV shows, let's move on to Fresh Bones. This episode always makes my hands itch. (laughs) 
It does. It's just like just just the thought. I'm just like I'm not. I'm not even kidding. I'm actually. I just scratched my palm. This one's it's weird. Just the whole gel of it coming out of her hand is just like disgusting. Yeah, the special effects in this episode are so great because it's just so gross. And then it like comes out of her hand and like grabs her by the throat. Oh, but it's like itchy. Like you know when you're watching it and you're just like it. Just I don't know. Now I feel like things are crawling on me. Fresh Bones, I remember mostly um, that. And, of course, you know, uh, Mulder in the graveyard and yeah. Scully, like, ripping the charm off the rearview mirror and running after him. And other that than that, that, I don't... It was an episode that, you know, um, writing-wise, it was sort of daring because every time I have... And I have this pet peeve every time in any show that's written by Americans about something that is so completely unknown... Um, I kind of cringe because it's like, oh, oh how yeah. inaccurate are they, are they going to be about not only religion, but also religion from another country. Um, and they didn't do as bad as I thought that they would. Um, and coming from Venezuela where voodoo, it's actually practiced. It's, it was sort of, okay, it's not daring. At the same time, I found myself sort of questioning how much believability or whatever, how you pronounce that, uh, you would have that someone as American as that um, Mm -hmm. army guy would, you know, become like this high priest voodoo practitioner when it takes so many years to get there. And that's the only thing that I would say, oh, I would question that, but for the sake of, you know, suspending belief, it was a very well-researched episode. Um, Yeah, I remember it being a solid one. I just, I think it's been so long since I've seen it, Um, but I I remember it being creepy enough that I was like, just thinking about it makes me scratch my hand. (laughs) All right. There's that oh my gosh, it's cat. quiz time now, isn't it? It's getting... Oh, that's right. Yeah, let's talk about the cat before we do quiz. It's a very cute little black cat. It looks like my cat that I had, so I like it. Mulder should get a cat. I feel like Mulder could totally be sitting in his, like, office in the Unremarkable House, like, with, like, all these, like, stacks of, like, newspaper, and there'd be, like, a cat just, like, chilling on top of one of these, like, stacks, just, like, purring and, like, very content to be living, like, the craziness that is Mulder's office, so... That would make sense because Scully's like the dog person as a molder could be the cat person. I think Scully would warm to a cat. You know, it would like Mm -hmm. come up and sit on her lap while she's like reading her breakfast at Tiffany's novels after dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's put an end to the ship. (laughs) It's quiz time, everybody. All right, who I've already assigned questions to everybody this week because oh, I figured wow. with three people Gosh. it'd be easier to do that than label them one, two, and three. So your questions are set. Who wants to go first? I'll take um, it. I think, take yeah, or, uh, yeah, or Roy, either way. <laughs> Not me. Or Tiff. <laughs> I volunteer. I'm a tri- go, tribute. Go, Abby. Okay. Right. She volunteers as tribute. <laughs> All right, Abby, question one. What is the name of the volcano in Firewalker? <laughs> I, I know. Pass. <laughs> I know. I can do it. What is it? It's Mount Avalon. It is. Which is not oh my a real mountain in Bend, Oregon, but it is a real mountain in New Hampshire. Correct. Oh my you can close X-Files Wiki now, by the way. It's not open. <laughs> is not open i took notes we told you we told you she would be like this it's okay keep asking every question okay abby question two which phenomenon late that later becomes associated with samantha Mulder is first referenced in red museum what (laughs) which phenomenon that later becomes associated with samantha Mulder is first referenced in red museum is it visitations? You'd be more specific? Um, I don't know. For me, it was named that way. I don't know. I'm, Can you I'm give her a hint? With a W? Isn't it Walkins? Uh, yes. Walkins. Yeah, Walkins. 
There we go. Okay. <laughs> Roy, Roy was her phone a friend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> what was Mulder's excuse for investigating the seemingly non-paranormal related case in Irresistible? Um, Tiffany, you gotta know this one. Uh, wait, what was the question again? What was it his is. reason for going to investigate? What was Mulder's excuse for investigating the case in Irresistible, despite the fact that it seemingly oh, yeah. had no paranormal? Come on, Abby. Yeah, you got this. You are this, this person. I you have, are this person. I have an image in my head of them talking over this tabloid thing and the 900 number, but I'm not sure. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, I, I, I'm gonna retire. I talked about this before. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I, I bet that Roy remembers the name of the team. I, I remember what it was, but I don't. It's Vikings versus Redskins, the 40 Redskins, yard Redskins, yes. Wow. I remember the Redskins, I didn't remember the Vikings, yeah. There you go. Good job. Good job indeed. Question four, we Avi. Told you. Come on, you can do this. Okay. What is the message written on the blackboard at the end of Die Hand, Die Verlet? See, see you soon? No. Crap. Ah. <sighs> okay, I'm, I'm going to start a, <laughs> I'm going to start a website about Crafty. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna call craft news. Um, Dot com. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Tiffany um, Roy, do you want to jump in and help her out? Um, I. Goodbye. It's been nice or, no, working with it's you. It's been nice working with you. That's exactly right. right. Is it? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Last question, Avi. You mm-hmm. can do this. I believe in you. Okay. Mm-hmm. How does Scully <laughs> cut her hand in Fresh Bones? <gasps> with, isn't it? With, no. You got it. <laughs> Come on, you got it. I have, in my head, I have a nail. You have Similar. anything else in there? Mm. Hold on, I'm trying to remember the scene. Um, she goes in. It rhymes with horny pine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pitiful. I said I was handing out my file card. I risked my case right now. (laughs) What is it? I don't know. I can't remember. A phony rhyme. I may actually get this one wrong. It's can I can I try to answer it? Yeah. Does does she is it, um, uh, hold on, <laughs> hang on, um, is, doesn't she, like, cut it on a thorn? Yes. What I have it written is, down oh, is a thorny vine hidden on her steering wheel. Oh, right. Oh, on the steering wheel. I couldn't remember where she got it. I just remembered that it was a thorn randomly in the car. Okay. This is true. So from now on, I will be running a site. It's called craftingnews.com. We'll be having a lot of do-it-yourself things for, like, Christmas trees and stuff like that. Um, (laughs) I give up. (laughs) The good news is that Um, so far you're at the top of the leaderboard tonight. So there you go. (laughs) <laughs> All right. There's always a chance that I can cut in so, the other's questions and that's respond That's true. That. That's yeah, true. that's true. All right. So you Tiffany, mine next. Tiffany, yeah, Royley is gonna like kill it. You're yeah. Okay. Well, I'm what ready. if you guys got all the questions I know, and then I'm left with all the questions this, I don't know? This is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know all the questions. Don't even. Well, I I will just say this is that after ten questions on X Files, I did run out of ideas. So, uh, Roy, you have got questions about stuff lying around my house. So I apologize <laughs> in advance. Okay. <laughs> okay, Tiffany. So for it to be a challenge. Question one. Which character throws a bucket of blood over members of the Church of the Red Museum? The son of the sheriff. Correct. 
Yes! <laughs> How can I compete with that? <laughs> okay, as we've already... I just remember him because he was a prick. That's yeah, all it is. I felt so bad when he did that. That was, like, such a, like, yeah. cool thing to do. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. Question two. As we've already discussed, Terry O'Quinn makes his first X-Files appearance in Aubrey. But how many other characters has he appeared as in the X-Files? Oh my gosh, this is easy. Two others. Two others. Correct. He's in, yeah, he's in the Fight Future and then he's in Trust No One. Oh yeah! Easy questions. Yeah. I feel like I would yeah. get gypped here. Right? Yeah, this is true. This, that was a pretty easy one. Okay. At the start of Irresistible, what type of hobby does Mulder say he's never understood? Collecting things. Specifically? Right? Um, hold on. The beginning of Irresistible, Mulder says he doesn't understand. Avi, feel free to jump in and assert your dominance. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Collecting. Does he, he doesn't say anything about spoons, does he? He doesn't. Um, obviously not collecting dead things. Yeah. <laughs> obviously that's not a hobby that he's picked up. Uh... Uh, I don't know. He only collects porn. <laughs> yeah, that's all he collects. And newspaper clippings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't collect... It's about collecting. It's about it's collecting something, but what things in particular? I know. <laughs> we have people yelling at their car stereos driving into work listening to this right now. So I know. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Roy, do you even know this one? No, I'd have to Google it. <laughs> I could pull up the transcripts. Collecting salt and pepper shakers. Oh, I never would have gotten that. No. No, he says it to um, he does. the detective who calls him out. Yeah. But yeah, he says it to yeah. to him in the graveyard. Yeah. When he's like, this was not aliens. Yeah. <laughs> this okay. is the only time Mulder's like, definitely not aliens. <laughs> Question four. What is the English translation of the episode titled Die Hand, Die Verlitz? Oh, seriously? Seriously? You had two uh, easy ones to start off? This, this is, what is you German! And I, I, will, I will just give you a quick hint that Google Translate does not do it correctly. I haven't even thought of trying Google Translate. <laughs> um... Well, it's yeah. I don't. I have no idea. None. Anybody want to say that? Roy. Royly, come on, come on, Roy. Uh, you know German, right? I mean, uh, if Scully like no. knows Greek, Scully randomly speaks German. Um, I thought it was like something about I don't know. It's, it's not what it seems. I know that. Um, no, I'm like thinking of something. Yeah, I'm gonna butcher it. So. The hand that wounds. Wounds. I was thinking the hand that moves, but the, oh god damn it! <laughs> That's not right because I was thinking, and so it moves. Remember when that was the tagline? Yes. I was like, it's not the. It's not that. That was a tagline. That's uh, translating from German, David. Really? I thought <laughs> I thought that was just common knowledge. I'm sorry. It is common knowledge. We just haven't it, had time to watch the experts. <laughs> as, as Abby has said, we're just sometimes not these people. Nope. It's okay. We spend so much time telling everyone else to watch the X Files that we never have time to. Apparently, we forget to do it ourselves. There you go. There you go. All right. Your last question, Tiffany. My last question. Right. Okay. What is the name of the young boy that befriends Mulder and Scully in Fresh Bones? Oh my god. Um, and he's so boy. proud of his name as well. He's so cute. Is, is, does, <laughs> does it start with a J? No. No. Damn. No. Even Avi got it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, man, I almost had it. Um... Luke Mantha. Chester. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Chester. You remember his last yeah. name as well? No. Are, seriously? That's okay. We'll, get we'll, we'll, get, we'll give it to Bonaparte. you. Bonaparte. Chester Bonaparte. Bonaparte. Yeah. Yes. That Three out hard. of five. Not bad. I got, yeah, that's not bad. All right. Royal get all five. Sorry. Right. No. I've already answered. 
<laughs> questions. So like, now I'm not she's already answered questions. five correctly. <laughs> yeah, we've already gotten five correct from Abby's and mine. Yeah. All right, let's go. Question one, mm-hmm. and I apologize because this is a very long question. Robert Clothier, who played the old man who provides information to Mulder and Scully in Red Museum, also appeared in another episode as a different character in season three. Can you name the episode? I definitely cannot. I was just looking over. He's the one that like drives them out to the field, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Does he look no. familiar at all? Um, I have to look at a picture again. <laughs> but no, like there's no way I remember. Anybody else? Can you repeat uh, I, the his face is his face is familiar, but I can't place what other episode he's in. Can you repeat the question? Yep. Robert Clothier, who played the old man who provides information to Mulder and Scully in Red Museum, also appeared in another episode as a different character in season three. Can you name the episode? Season three. No, I can't. That's no. Uh-uh. No. I'm honestly super bad with like after names and then placing them. I and I think that there's just this is a recurring theme tonight with me, but I guess there's just so many people in these episodes that have popped up numerous times. I gotta get to the LA seasons where it's a lot easier because yeah. there aren't random Vancouver <laughs> He appears yeah. in he appears in Piper Maru. He is the guy from the Navy base who Scully oh, goes to visit. Oh yeah. Okay. <sighs> He's really I good at that, I never would have that. Yeah, he is. That's a, that's a good little scene. Okay, question two for Roy. What sport are the orderlies and residents watching on TV at the start of Accessis Day? Um, if I had watched that, I'd be able to tell you. Um, <laughs> did not. Um, I don't know. Anybody? I'm just making it up. Is it soccer? No. No. Avi, do you want to take a guess? Football. Boxing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they do the fake little ah. boxing punch. Ah, this is true. Yeah. And the nurse walks in. Yeah. No, that's right. And this is Avi and Tiffany's fault because they said to give you all the hard questions. Yeah. So. I know. These really, are really I hard. Their answers. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> this is the first time I've had to come up with 15 questions from just seven episodes. <laughs> Okay. In Aubrey, what relation is BJ to Coakley? Oh, well, she's um, the granddaughter of him. Yes! Like her, her, yeah, it's like messed up. (laughs) Okay, this is is another hard one. So again, Avi and Tiffany's fault. (laughs) What is the name of the grocery store where Donnie Faster gets a job? What? Oh man! I remember he fills out the application, and then he goes to that house, and they're like, "We leave the back door open." I'm like, "Well, your daughter's gonna die." (laughs) 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 I remember the relevant parts. (laughs) It's like home delivery, something. I don't know. Fischelio Family Frozen Foods. Oh, yeah, because I would remember that. <laughs> hey, they're, all, they're giving you a good reputation. It's your job to live up we to did. it. Well, well you I know, she did answer, like, all of our questions. Yeah, there you go. I got I first place in the New over. York trivia contest. She's, yeah. She's I just tired is all. In New York. <laughs> I had a great team, too. See? Even New York are not these people. Question five. What is the name of the substitute teacher in Die Hand, Die Verlets? Again, if I had watched it, I would be able to tell you, but I did not. I didn't even get to, like, read up on the episode. Yeah, she really did come into this totally cold. Uh, Oh. Oh, man. She writes it. Oh, 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 oh. Go, Abby, go. Paddock? Miss Miss Paddock? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. That's it. <laughs> Thank you. Aw, look at Kihara redeeming herself. <laughs> That's great. So I got like so well one done. question. Thanks a lot, guys. I told you this was going to happen. You did not believe me. 
And at the end of tonight's quiz, Tiffany is the winner with free correct. And I want all Avi of them. And Roy are both tied on one each. I want so. all of them. last time. I won last time too, but I was. You the won only the one last here. two episodes, Tiffany. I was the only one here, though, technically speaking, <laughs> last time. <laughs> but I'll take it. That is the end of our episode today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes and help spread the word and get other people listening to this podcast. Uh, if you want to comment, uh, you can see the show notes at xfilestalkxfiles.com. And while you're there, if you want to click on the uh, affiliate link to Amazon, it'll, uh, it won't cost you any extra to buy anything off Amazon when you click that link, but a little bit of the money will come back to help support this podcast. Um, is there anything that any of you want to plug tonight? No, we're good. Obviously, we go to xfilesnews.com yeah, for please. the latest yeah. x-files news. You can yeah. find us, on, us Twitter on Twitter, Facebook, yeah. at, at x-files news. Instagram. I think we have a Vine we're too. We're all. We're we everywhere. Have a Mimeo too. Yeah, we have yeah. a Vimeo. We're everywhere, so basically, just look. We're us. everywhere you are. Yes, we're in your houses. <laughs> I'm right behind you. Because like you keep leaving your back doors unlocked. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're behind a little scratch hole in the mirror. Oh my gosh. That shadow that's that you right. just saw, that's me. <laughs> All right. Uh, hope everybody's enjoyed tonight's show. Um, please join us again next Friday when we're going to discuss uh, Colony through Our Town. So coming very close to the end of season two. That is it for today's episode. Thank you very much, girly girls. <laughs> I would have nightmares now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and until next week, I'll see you all then. Right now, I'm off to take a bath and shampoo my hair. <laughs> I did, I think I probably would